All right. All right. There we go. There we go. Um, right off the top, we were just talking about Jeff and Julie moved to France during a pandemic. And uh, yesterday we had Lummy on the show. And I, at the time, I wasn't sure if it was actually live or not, like it was available as a download. It is. Mm-hmm. Go to humbleandfredradio.com or humbleandfred.com. Both of those will work. And you can see it there. It's beautiful. Although when you say that really fast, it sounds like Jeff and Julie have no pants. <laughs> <laughs> really? Well, that'll get, that'll get some listeners. Uh, Jeff and Julie have no pants in the country of France. What, what is that? What is that old thing? Uh, there were no pants in the middle right. of France, so they used some grass to cover up their ass. Isn't there another one? I see London. I see France. I see Freddie's underpants. Yeah. Oh, of course there is. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. There's several gems out there. You want to hear? You want to hear a little fun gem to start with? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of you, but I thought, oh, Freddie will like this. Hang on, I got to find it. When I first met Rachel, her father, when he found out that I was a comedian and a you know humorous broadcaster. Why'd you lie to him? (laughs) (laughs) You just just meet the guy and you're lying to him? (laughs) That's right. I didn't tell him that. She did. Why would you lie to (laughs) Why would you lie to your daddy? Oh, fuck. (laughs) Anyway, he gave me this book of of, uh, jokes. And it's not all... (laughs) It's not all. Did he really? Yes. <laughs> That's great. Like one one you can keep by the shitter? <laughs> yeah, kind of like that. And they're not all Jewish jokes, but there's quite a few Jewish jokes, you know, in these oh. books. Because um, a lot really? of the Jewish people, I don't know if you know this, but uh, they can be quite funny, you know. Not well, me, obviously. Jokes, but they're the brunt of jokes? or No, they're just t- oh. t- those type of jokes. Oh, okay. Jewish guy goes into a confessional box. I may have even told you this. Uh, goes into confession. Uh, Father O'Malley says, my name is Emil Cohn. I'm 78 years old. Believe it or not, I'm currently involved with a 28-year-old girl and also, on the side, her 19-year-old sister. We engage in all manner of pleasure, and in my entire life, I've never felt better. My good man, says the priest, I think you've come to the wrong place. Why are you telling me? The guy goes, I'm telling everybody. (laughs) (laughs) You want to hear one more? Mm Mm-hmm. Two old Jewish guys find out that Hitler, <laughs> this is a great beginning to a joke. Two old Jewish guys find out Hitler's going to be on a street corner in Berlin at noon Tuesday. So they assemble some weapons, stake out a hidden spot across the street and wait. They're going to kill Hitler. At 1155, they're ready. Fingers on the triggers. They wait. Noon arrives, but no Hitler. Five past 12 arrives. Still no Hitler. They wait and wait. 1210 comes and goes. And then 1215. And then 12.30, and finally, one of the guys turns to the other and says, gee, I hope he's all right. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Just a fun little jokey jokes to start. (laughs) So uh, Jeff and Julie moved to France, and a global pandemic is up. Go to humbleandfred.com, and you can uh, hear it. It's a great, you know, a lot of people, as we said yesterday, have this fantasy about moving to a foreign country and... Those two did it. If you want to hear how it, how difficult, and also how you know much fun it has been. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, well, I don't know what's the word. I mean, it's great, but you know, the timing sucked. You know, with the pandemic is really, you know, 
made a lot of the reasons they went there not possible. But maybe we're, you know, we're soon to be on the other side of this thing. Uh, uh, Doug Ford says that he's going to have some good news this week about opening things up a bit. So that sounds good. He better have some good news because his approval rating is dismal. It's in the early 30s. And, and I don't know. Did you it's like hear Biden? <laughs> yeah, it's, it is. It's it like is. Biden. It's in the early 30s, like job approval, all that stuff. But did you hear all the backlash yesterday to him? How dare he? Well, he did. A, he did. A, he did a stupid thing. But one of the things he was doing on Monday was going around helping people shovel the snow. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not saying this as a Doug Ford supporter. I just thought of it as an observation. The amount of vitriol he received for going out and trying to help people. Now, maybe it was a stunt. Fine. But, you know, they that family's done that traditionally. Remember, Rob used to do a lot of stuff, and you didn't even hear about it. Went to actually help people. And, you know, not everybody's all good. Not everybody's all bad. But, Rob, he used to get phone calls as mayor and get in his car and go help somebody, and you didn't even hear about it um, until much later. So I will say this to that, you know. Um, yeah, so I, but it all depends. If the guy goes out and helps somebody shovel the snow and you don't like him, he's an asshole. And if you like him, he's a good guy. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and, and again, we've said this about politicians. You know, you know, there are some really bad ones, obviously. But for the most part, you know, just, I don't know. It's almost like you think, how much grief does a person need? Now, the stupid thing he did was he was FaceTiming somebody at CP24 while he was in traffic. Yeah. But, you know, at least have a have a brain how that's going to look. It's not going to look good. Even if people are supporting you, you shouldn't be on your phone in a snowstorm. I know he was doing a report. and No, no. But the thing is about that, too, Howard. I mean, he didn't have the, the phone in his hand. It was in one of the holders and he must have hit the thing and it was FaceTime. He's driving the traffic and every so, so often just look down at it, glance down at the phone. Like you would if you were on Google Maps or something. Sure. But like, when you're like the- if he if he'd have been driving along holding his phone, I could have seen the backlash. But what he was doing, I, I don't how he wasn't holding the phone. It was just showing the side of his face while he was driving yeah. with the odd glance at the phone. And that's I, another indication of piling up on the guy when. And to be honest, I, I didn't know. know that. I thought he was holding his phone. No. But I will tell you, even, but even, even, but again, having a brain, you know, it's not going to look good. You doing this. That I agree with. So, uh, okay. So I'm, I'll stay corrected that I didn't know. I thought he was holding it, which is stupid. But even in the holster, like y- y- you have to think I'm Doug. I, I, and this is going to inflame the people that don't like me and just give mm-hmm. them more fodder for it. But the fact that he was out there shoveling and. But, but, you know, I guess there's points you get to a point as a politician like him where he's so it's so volatile with him and polarizing. If you sat down every day and tried to think of the things you might do to piss people off that you'd spend your whole day doing that. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't. Maybe Dan will tell us about some more snow. I know he's not a weatherman anymore, but is there supposed to be more of this? Are we going to be out of it for a while? Because you know, there, uh, it was still a cry. I was I went driving yesterday for the first time since the storm, and it was wild around here on the side streets. It was single file. 
because there's cars parked on the street. They, they shovel uh-huh. down the middle and uh, three or four blocks on my way to where I was going. I had to stop while other people went by. All right. Well, uh, brother, in a couple of weeks, it'll all be behind you. You too, apparently. Well, I don't know about that. Now. Come on. Well, you know, Delise uh, gave the okay for going away, but she doesn't want to fly. So it had to be driving. So we thought we would drive south. And of course, you'd have to pretty much go to Florida for, you know, the warmest weather. Howard, I, you, I can't find anything to rent. It's unbelievable. I phoned a couple of places yesterday that I have used before. And she said, Fred, I'm sorry. Nobody's going on cruise ships and nobody's going overseas like to to like uh, to Southeast Asia or the south of Spain like they used to. Everybody's coming to Florida. And not only is the vacancies like pretty much nil, um, the prices are just like unbelievable. Yeah, you were saying to Rachel and I on Sunday oh. that uh, it's very expensive. But did so you tell that, Dol- uh, that that I, I think I might go back. I might be back into trying to get her on a plane mode. Well, I was going to say, you know, that's that that story yesterday. And I'm not even sure we it was just a throwaway during the show at some point. And we're going to start the real show in a second. But there was that I, I had that fact yesterday that air, you know, the, the positivity rate amongst mm-hmm. air, air travel is 26 yeah. percent lower than just being mm-hmm. out in the population. It's two percent. Hey, listen. Probably a lot less than going into a uh, truck stop in West Virginia. To Absolutely. Have a piss. Oh, there's that word again, piss. Pissy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I know I'm not going to convince Doll by this, but you know, you just yeah. think about all the people she knows, including us and Rachel. Charlie just got on a plane, got off yeah. a plane in Calgary. People are flying all the time, and even though they say, you know, non-essential travel, at this age of our lives, getting out of here for a month mm-hmm. is essential travel. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could go to a place in Mexico where literally we would uh, lead the la- uh, lead the same lifestyle as we do here, only be a- be able to be outside a lot more. Uh, you know, you could go rent a place, sort of isolate it. I'll go to the grocery store. She doesn't have to. I go to the grocery store here, so I'll go to the grocery store there and and, and mask like. I know there's a lot of reasons, but the fear lies in getting it there and then dealing with it there. That that that's the fear. Yeah, and, and I get in California. What? They have hospitals. You can stay in all those options. But well, where you where you would go in Mexico, it has basically the same access to you know first world medicine. It's not oh, like oh, you're, I know. you're not going to some beach community where mm-hmm. the you know. Like that, uh, the town of San Miguel de Allende. They have a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful facility. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's not like you're going to be like, you know, oh, we're in this fishing village and only Jorge has access to, you know, medicine. Doll, go talk to Jorge and get some anti-inflammatories. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Well, I hope she, uh, you figure out, because uh, I got to get out of here. As I went no, this, I get it. I I went, so do I. I'd love to. I took Stan for a 15-minute walk yesterday. His little paws were on the sidewalk, and it was just, you know, wonder these eight-foot-tall uh, snow banks everywhere. Where is, uh, where is Stan going to be during the... Uh... Uh, I got him boarded in a couple places. We're going to spend oh, okay. a couple of weeks with uh, my buddy north of you and a couple of weeks right. with Spencer. Oh, you can nice. have him for a week if you want, little Stan. I would. I'm not sure my wife would. 
I yeah. mean, she loves Stan, but she loves not having dogs in the house, too. And, you know, and he's mm-hmm. doesn't shed a lot, but your place mm-hmm. is pristine. It's like walking into a... <laughs> <laughs> it's like walking into the... Is it... I don't even have a name for a fancy... I don't even have a reference for a fancy furniture place. I was going to say Ikea, but it's not. Bow bow rings or one of those places. A Roche-Bobois. You're just like walking into a Roche-Bobois. Whatever that is. All right. Let's do this. This episode of Humble and Fred was... No, that was the wrong one. The following episode of Humble and Fred is brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Health Gauge, Canna Cabana, GoDaddy, and our newest sponsor, Manscaped. If clean balls are important to you, and I know they are, get Manscaped for a cleaner ball every time. <laughs> and now, here are two men whose nut game is on point. It's... Humble and Fred. I, love, <laughs> I love having Dan Duran say that out loud. It makes me laugh every time. Hi, everybody. It's Howard. It's Fred. It's the 19th of January. Ralph and Mergy joins us. Ralph's an interesting character. Really has. There's a guy talking about morphed his persona from that of a you know media guy not that he's not in the media does a great podcast but just how he's transitioned to sort of a spiritual uh, advisory does a lot of stuff in the world of uh, spirituality but one of the things we should talk to him about today and boone suggested this i'm glad he did that uh you know we've been talking about the nature of death we a lot of famous people have died betty white uh but sydney poitier uh mm-hmm. bob saget norm mcdonald mm-hmm. So I want to talk to Ralph because what he does is he does a lot of counseling around impending death and such, and he'll have some stuff to say about that. And what about the afterlife? Yes. I mean, we've been talking about afterlife all this week. <clears throat> what about the afterlife? You know, I, I, I told you, I keep thinking about my father-in-law. He as Seventh-day Adventist. He was convinced that... Once he checked out of here, he was checking into, uh, you want to talk about a nice uh, environment <laughs> with great furniture and, <laughs> Sorry. and beautiful surroundings. He was he was on his way to uh, wherever those people think they're going. And, and for his sake, I, I hope he's there. I don't think so, but... I can't remember how old I was when I decided that it would it wouldn't serve me anymore to think that people were looking down on me because I was doing disgusting things to myself. So I thought, well, I can't, that can't be true because, um, you know, that whole thing over oh, your grandparents are looking down on you. I'm like, I hope not. Isn't that wild? I have those thoughts. <laughs> I've had those thoughts too. It's like, geez, my dad wouldn't want to see me doing this. Yeah. Is he? <laughs> That's right. Is he watching this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I don't want any, I don't want any, uh, fucking CSI heaven. I don't need anybody <laughs> looking at what I'm doing. Um, but I thought that would be an interesting place to go with Ralph because, you know, we've all, you know, we've kind of wrung yeah. out the, the politics and we've, even though when you came on the Zoom meeting this morning, I was listening to something on CNN just to, but it, as I said to you, sometimes I think about American politics and some Canadian politics and the anti-vax hesitancy and all this stuff. And I think, you know, they're, there's no real answer. There's no definitive. There's not going to be a day of reckoning. I and mean, it's just better to leave it alone, I guess. Yeah, I heard what you were listening to was CNN off, uh, referencing Fox, which I think they should, because when a 
television network becomes more powerful than the party it supports, that's crazy. Yeah. Because on, on many levels, that's the situation. Like Sean Hannity was an advisor to Trump, it, it turns out now, like mm-hmm. an inside advisor. And Tucker Carlson can chastise Ted Cruz live on TV. That's that's weird stuff, man. That's yeah, that clip stuff. played again today. When I first saw it, uh, whenever it was, a couple weeks ago, I, I just thought... If I were Ted Cruz, I you just let a TV presenter bitch slap yeah. you and make mm-hmm. you look stupid and small and and you're going to you think that's the pathway to the yeah. presidency? And you but you let him. Yeah. you because you know that this network speaks to the people who are going to vote for me. Like it's you push back against Tucker Carlson, you might uh piss off Billy Bob there in uh Alabama, you ain't gonna you gonna vote for Ted because Tucker don't like him. One of the things that came up in this report, I know we weren't going to talk about it, but quickly, one of the things that came up was somewhere around sixty percent of Republicans get all their news from Fox. It was a small percentage from OAN and Newsmax, and right. part of the reason that is is that's not available everywhere. But as you just said, those people are advising the presidency. Um. On that point, uh, hats off to DirecTV. They have dropped OAN. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They said, you know, it's just, it's dangerous. Sorry, you're not on our service anymore. Which, good to them. And, you know, I don't have any time for anyone that wants to have a debate about CNN and, and Fox. CNN, as we've said many times, has its issues, has its problems. But they are so, f- they are so much closer to the middle than Fox. It's oh, yeah. dizzying. And by the way, uh, when you take your hat off to somebody, do you put it back on after, or do you just leave mm-hmm. it aside? Is it nice like, oh, fedora. pardon me? Mm-hmm. Nice fedora. <laughs> do you? No, but when you say, like, I'll take my hats off, but then mm-hmm. is it hat time over, or do you put it back on? <laughs> I'll tell you what I never take off is this watch. Really, other than to charge it, I'm wearing my health gauge, and it really has, especially in the last few weeks when I've been working on my little, my, our little weight loss program, more than little, it's been fantastic. But when it comes to keeping track of your health, especially if you're looking to make some changes in the new year, Health Gauge can keep track of your calories, the amount of steps you take in a day, you know, your blood pressure. In fact, it'll, take, it'll keep track of the calories you're burning if you try and take in, you know, less calories than your... You know, you burn less, more calories than you take, and you, you lose weight. The data captured by HealthGage's sensors can be shared with your health professionals. And, of course, we have many. And the company sees HealthGage as a major disruptor in the traditional healthcare industry. You will, too, if you get one. Go to Humble and Fred. Go to HealthGage.com. Humble Fred HG for 15% at checkout. It's pretty good savings, too. The, these watches aren't cheap. They're inexpensive, but they, and especially for what you get for them. But if you get 15% off, it makes it even more affordable. Do what a lot of Humble and Fred people have done. Take this uh, and capture your uh, health uh, information in one place. HealthGage.com. Here is what I don't take off my Dewar pants, ever. Dewar has the world's most comfortable pants for men and women. Natural materials in combination with technical achieves breathability, comfort, and strength for everyday wear. 
No longer do you have to sacrifice performance when you want to dress up or style when you're on the move. Dewar is proudly Canadian and prides itself on having a collection of natural fiber-rich fabrics, meaning the majority of uh, the fibers originate from plants, eucalyptus trees, wood chips, and recycled alternatives to oil. Yeah, and so comfortable. Dewar is offering 20% off uh, for their Vancouver Kitsilano store. Uh, people, uh, grand opening uh, is January 21st to the 23rd. So 24, uh, 20% off in Kitsilano. And the first 25 people in line on the 22nd will also receive free pants. Can you imagine a free pair of those? That's big time, brother. Uh, when ordering online, use code HUMBLEANDFRED15 for 15% off. <laughs> no, when just in the middle there, you just went. Uh, <laughs> I know that's a free pants. Like, free pants. That's a good deal. Hey, we've got a Can't good deal for everyone deal. too. Next week, we're going to tell you about a promotion we're doing with Doer for Valentine's Day, and for the next uh, three weeks or so, we're going to give away uh, free pants, and there's going to be a grand prize. Uh, we'll have the details. On the show tomorrow, but it'll start next Monday. So if you've always wanted to get into a pair of doers, now will be your chance. In the meantime, hi guys. Hi just guys. a couple of quick emails hi here in response to some stuff from yesterday. Uh, you want to skip down? I mean, let's. We can get to Tom from Kobe, Japan, another time. Same with the long one in the middle. If you want, we can go right to the uh, burst out yeah, laughing. Yeah, or yes, that one. Go ahead. No, and you do I'll it. Read the, and I'll read the warning. Oh, okay, I'll do you. this one. Uh, uh-huh. Hi, guys. I burst out laughing when Fred started to talk about a piss report from Humble as a new daily feature. This is what people who listen to our show think. I think you should do this. Modernize the title, The Humble Report, and call it The Humble Stream. Keep us laughing, you guys. Or keep us laughing. Love you guys. And that's from Justin... Deverenus. Thank you, Justin. On that note, how is, uh, what's, uh, what's the update today? What's the status? The latest? Yeah. It's good, you know, like, I drink a lot of water, so I go to the washroom a lot. During the day, it doesn't seem to be an issue. Um, for some reason, later in the day, the last couple of evenings, it's gotten a bit more urgent. But for the most part, I'd say, you know, pretty good. I don't know if that's a, a good sign or not. I, I don't know. It seems fine. Is it still burning like a venereal disease? Well, it depends on what venereal disease you're talking about, you know. Oh. Well, you know, that's not fair. We don't... Rachel what? just walks... Well, Rachel matter? just walks by because we're talking... We, we were talking about other stuff. Well, you said the other day that you were getting sort of like a stinging or a burning sensation. I know. And that often comes with those... She you know, uh, I was just making a comparison. I was just trying to. Well, I, I don't think it's as painful as syphilis, but. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so Rachel just happened to be walking by and what, accused that. us. And, and by the way, accused us of the dirty talk. Well, yeah, she just. Oh, hey, can I tell him about the other thing? <clears throat> yeah. The thing yes, that, from can. yesterday. Are you sure? <clears throat> And this is, you know, I, I know that this happens with you and Doll all the time, but now it's happening with me and my love here. You know, she's working in the... She was here yesterday working. Yes. Because she works on Zoom all day like everyone else. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And so she was working in the studio because she had some calls to make, grown-up stuff. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I've got my show lineup here. You can see it there, everyone. There, mm-hmm. All the things that are going to be on the show. Right. And so I had just written down something from the day before. We were talking to Terry Hart, and I wanted to remember to run something by you, which I often do. And I just wrote Terry Hart, GILF, G-I-L-F. Oh, right. Because when we were talking to her, and we never said anything at the time, but she mentioned that she's got an older husband, and they have a grandchild. Yes. And I thought I would see if, you know, like, I don't know. I just thought, well, you know, would that be a GILF? You know, she's an early, you know, I don't even, she just turned 50, I think. I don't even know how old she is, but you know, the, the point is she's very, right. looks very young and attractive to be much like your wife. Right, hard okay. to imagine. No, I'm not saying that about doll. I'm not saying that about doll. Anyway, she found uh, that, uh, she just asked me about it and it became a little bit of a thing. Did she know what a gilf was or did you have to explain it to her? I think she knew what a gilf was, okay. but she felt it was beneath me to be discussing that and i was like well no it's nothing beneath (laughs) that's what i said i said have you heard the show christ what is that i know (laughs) she thought it was beneath us to have to talk Uh, about grandmas in that manner and i said well i disagreed Mm -hmm. okay more on the pisser yes yes hey howard this is from sean mckay hi guys hi guys yes sir Hey, Howard, uh, if your frequent urination is accompanied by a crazy thirst, that's a symptom of high blood sugar. I'm not a doctor, but I have been diabetic for almost 20 years. I know anyone with diabetes asked to check yourself with their blood glucose meter. Okay. If you know anybody with diabetes, ask them. Just oh, ask I see. Yeah, just ask them. Okay? Just say, can I use your yeah. blood meter? Yes. Right. I hope I'm wrong. It is a pain in the ass to deal with. I've yes, I know. I've heard it is. Glad to what, hear you pain, guys. Excuse me. The pain in the ass is to diabetes. You don't want that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And well, let me just say before you get to the noom thing, I don't uh-huh. have that. I don't have a crazy thirst. I just have sometimes. Although again, it's not as it's nowhere near as bad as it was last week. So some mm-hmm. something's gotten better. And, and if it's if it's bladder cancer, it didn't cure itself. Right. Or if it's a prostate issue, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to go, right? Well, none of yes. those things. I, I, I'm able to go. Uh, but thanks, Sean. What else does he say? You have a thirst for life. You have a, <laughs> That's you have right. a thirst for golf. Uh, and, glad and to hear gilfs, you guys are working apparently. with Noom. I did it a few years ago. I definitely, it definitely worked. Uh, I got down to my goal weight, and uh, from what I learned using Noom, I've kept the weight off. Excellent. Thank you, Sean McKay. You know, on that weight thing, you know, it, it popped up a couple of times. 3,500 extra calories uh, equals a pound. You know, that, that theory. Yeah. Well, I kept thinking, what time frame would that be? Like, you know, a, like a, a fatty weekend, one week in, at an all-inclusive resort? Or, but then I figured that could pretty much, that would be, you could easily do that over a month. 35 extra 3,500 extra calories, which would mean gaining a pound a month, which is quite a bit when you think about it, right? I, I think you could do it in less than a month. But, I mean, it depends. There's some weight that is permanent weight. Maybe it's like I think it's like taking it off. And I don't know the answer to this, but, I mean, right. 
if you can only lose weight safely at around a couple of pounds a week, a pound and a half, well, how quickly could you actually gain a pound? Because, you know, you're going to be burning. If you had a meal, like you were talking about eating those peanuts, that's a mm-hmm. thousand calories or 1500 calories, but you've also been active. And so you're not, it's not all mm-hmm. going into fat. A, no, some I know, of it but is, some the, percentage of it would be. I wasn't at the end of my story. Oh, here, here's, I gained about 12 pounds. From last year to this year. I'm just saying, me in particular, and right. I'm thinking, well, that see, that makes sense with me. Because that would be like 3,500 extra calories a month. I mean, give or take each month, right? But I could see that. Like, you know, that's that's the chips, and that's the peanuts, and that's the craft beer over the month. Yeah, you could pile up an extra 3,500. And even more, because, again, with the exercise and stuff... Um, but anyway, that's just sort of a formula that I that makes sense to me. But think about it. It's all, it all and then what I guess I was responding to is it would, it would all be incremental. It wouldn't like, you know, sometimes if you right. weighed yourself after an all you can eat, you know, Mandarin mm-hmm. feast, you might sure, weigh a couple sure. extra pounds. But it would take a month for incremental. Yeah. Amounts to then stick. Uh, yeah. Hi. Like, Howard, that's like uh, what? Um a hundred, that's like a hundred or some odd extra calories a day or something, yeah. right? Is 3,000 a month. And it just, here, here's the thing. It just, it displays how it can creep up on you. You know, if you yeah, don't have, uh, if, and, if, and you if you don't, if you don't stay on top of it. And if you don't weigh yourself every day, like I can Absolute, tell you before yeah. Noom, as I mentioned in, in our little Noom discussion last week, like I have been weighing myself every day since I stopped drinking because I uh-huh. wanted initially because I was like, okay, I need to gain, I need to lose some of this weight. But uh-huh. then it just became a habit. And it's one of the three habits inside the Noom technology that they say you have uh-huh. to do. And not a lot of, I'm surprised that some people don't want to do it. Although you want to know, and this goes to what you were saying about the incremental and it all depends. I was talking year to year, but I, I bet you. I gained the brunt of the 12 pounds from September on because I was pretty active all summer and spring, you know, with golf and going up north and working around the house. And so, yeah. But isn't that the, it's in and of, out. It's the natural. I mean, especially mm-hmm. people who live in this part of the world. And I mean, I think I think it's natural just as there's the circadian rhythm of the day. There's also the rhythm mm-hmm. of the year, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I'm almost never because I weigh myself every day. I'm almost never over 190 in the summertime. Thousands of calories are burned every day, walking, mm-hmm. golfing, doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the fall, you become a bit more sedentary. But I'll just say, of all the things I've learned, you know, making, having a, uh, being conscious of your weight every day does something to your brain like, okay, I'm a little bit over. I may need to take it down a notch for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, she was not impressed with the GILF comment and, uh, (laughs) and that caused a little bit of a, you know, we had a little chit chat about, you know, some of the things, you know, do I Uh want her critiquing the program? Not really. But, you know, hey, everyone's got an opinion. I didn't. I said, we've said way worse stuff than that. Well, Doll doesn't even listen. She doesn't. And I told you, I called her on it a few weeks ago. She's talking about this podcast and that podcast. And I said, isn't that something? You're all excited about these podcasts and your husband has one rather successful one. Maybe one of the most successful in Canada. Yes, I said it. And uh, you don't listen to it. Does that bother you? She said, I said, no, I understand because... Half the time you'd be all bent out of shape because 
you'd have thought that I said something that I shouldn't have and not fully understood where it came from and why we're saying it or our style of comedy and all that type of stuff. So it might be a, the best. You know, that's a good idea. I'm like, I yeah. should have said that. I should yeah. just don't listen. <laughs> this is not for you. Well, and that's you know, what I used to. That's what I'd say to my mummy eh? when we first started doing the podcast, and we had some before we went to radio, and we had you know we were over uh, a little overboard on the language and subject matter because we were so excited about doing a podcast. My mum would call me on it, and I said, "Mom, you know the best thing to do? Just don't listen, okay?" But I love you guys. I'd say, "Yeah, but if this bothers you, I don't know what to say. You're going to be bothered all the time." Yeah, <laughs> Junie was great. Junie really liked really she really was very supportive of us I know you know obviously you're her her son but she kept all the clippings and she used mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. she's I thought she I think she thought we had a good thing going speaking of podcasts we you know we've been discussing smartless quite a bit have you heard about smartless uh, the latest episode with uh, Michael Moore I tried again I gotta stop doing it at bedtime it really is First of all, I fall I, I fall asleep on my back. Rachel's reading last night, and I just start to snore, and she pokes me, and I've got my headphones on, and it's a. But I I just find it at bedtime I can't concentrate. Although I got through about fifteen or twenty minutes of it last night, and more. They really talked a lot about Canada, mm-hmm. and and just how different our country is, and I, and I really liked that discussion. It was, well, of course, we're. I was proud to hear him compliment us, and they talked about the documentary where he went to Canadian homes and just walked in and people were like, Hey, how you doing? You know, but did you, I was going to say the fact that came out that I, I'm not sure I, I ever had ever heard before was the fact about gun ownership. It's higher in Canada. It's higher in Canada per capita. We have more of us have guns in Canada Mm -hmm. per capita than they do in the States. Yet we have almost no mass murders being uh, Mm -hmm. defined as four people dying at one time. They have one of those every day. And uh, we just don't have the murder rates. So we have guns. Yeah, but stricter laws. Yes. And in the United States, they push back about those gun laws, those gun restrictions. I know. It's like anything else. The proof's in the pudding. They just don't want to face it or or deal with it. The gun lobby and the yahoos. Yeah, something else. But if you haven't heard of Smartless before, if I know you've heard of it, but if you haven't heard one before, this might be a good one to pop in because... Uh, it's sort of they stayed on the rail. They sort of stayed on the narrative a little bit more in this one with Michael Moore. It wasn't as scattered, and and sometimes it can get a little bit tangential. But I thought I thought Sean actually again I've turned around yeah. on him. I thought he asked some really good questions. Well, yeah, um, yeah, it, it, it he really did, and you know they they reminded us a couple of times during the show that. You know they're not political because they don't want they don't want to go into politics too right. much because they don't want to alienate that huge audience any segment of it. I and I understand that, um, but you know they get into it a bit and uh, you know as Will Arnett said I think at one point he said this isn't so much politics as it is culture and yes. lifestyle that we're talking about today and it, it, it's so true. It was the most political I've heard them get, but then. It- Makes sense. They've got Michael Moore, who is nothing, you know, if not political in terms of the things that he tackles, you know, gun control and voter rights. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard, to, again, not to jump back into this, but as I said to you before, you know, it's like sometimes I like I read a lot yesterday. I didn't have a, a lot to do in the afternoon and I was reading a lot of stuff online and 
you know, sometimes you almost feel like, what's the use? <laughs> you know, like, really? What is the use? They're not going to change. It's not going to change. You just hope that when all of this comes back, the storm that's coming, the 2024 presidential election, you just hope mm-hmm. that it doesn't get too bad for us. And I'm talking mm-hmm. about Canadians now. You know, I was saying last week, or we were saying last week about, you know, Republicans up the middle. How do they look at this and buy in? I mean, you know, you're a conservative. You have conservative values, but you look and you know right from wrong, and that's wrong. I ain't going there. And you talk about, you know, shows that tend not to want to be political. It was, I heard Howard Stern went off on that last week, too. He was just saying, how do people, any, how does any right-minded person, basically, who's a decent human being, but might have conservative values, how do, how do you buy into that? And again, he was talking about Ted Cruz and Tucker Carlson and same thing. And that, what I'm saying is that's their only hope, <laughs> is that those people that their voices are heard, yeah. Yeah. It's funny, uh, you know, we're talking about Dahl and Rachel maybe not listening to us. What does Sturt's wife think? Because one second, he's doing that. Then I turned him on yesterday, and literally they spent, I don't know, a half an hour talking about some woman who wants to blow Bobo uh, with while she fingers his bum, and Bobo wants one of the other guys in the show to come and mm-hmm. watch. <laughs> like, no, I know. This is like 25 minutes. No, I know. I heard part of that as well. Anyhow, um, Ralph and, and, and you know what the crazy thing is, and you know how how you get to that position that he's in. It's uh, I guess because it's balanced with other things that are compelling, and I, I guess the interviews. It's you know if Joe Average Unknown did the same show yesterday, he'd be a pig, and he's that's all he's got to offer, and that's your idea being funny, but it's on the Howard Stern show, and then all of a sudden. There's some there's some validity to it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I, I was going to say, you know, uh, Ralph Ben Murgy's coming up. At, at the same time, we've just spent, you know, a few minutes yeah. talking about pisses. <laughs> so, you know, we have some of that, too. Um, before we get to Ralph, though, and I know we've already talked about our friends at Health Gauge and our friends at Doer, but Ralph Ben Murgy, as most people would expect, is today's Gig Sky guest of the day. And that's not nothing, my friend. No, it isn't. You know, all GigSky data plans are prepaid with no contracts or recurring fees. You get what you pay for, and your service is never, ever throttled, okay? Download the GigSky app today. Enter code HF2021 for $5 off your first plan, or visit GigSky.com for more information. And how about this? GigSky's latest service offering includes mobile data while flying. When traveling on selected airlines and routes, you can get mobile data. Uh, go to uh, GigSky.com slash Aeromobile to see the list of partner airlines, okay? And they've just started a great GigSky travel rewards program. Go to GigSky.com to find out about that as well. And uh, let me tell you, this program is being baked fresh each and every day. Brought to you by GoDaddy. GoDaddy. GoDaddy.ca to learn more. Powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years. You've heard of GoDaddy. Maybe now's the time you use the GoDaddy. Servicing over 20 million customers worldwide, GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, create a website. 
and everything else you need to get your business online. There's no better time than now to get your idea going online with GoDaddy. You can find your domain, easily create your website. It's all there. You know, they do it all for you and finally bring everything you've thought to life. With GoDaddy's free and friendly 24-7 phone support, they're also here to help you every step of the way. You can even start your website for free, man, with GoDaddy. No credit card is even required. Why don't you just do it, man? Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. Uh, Here's a fun little fact. Um, This 5G rollout in the States, and it's not going to affect Canada... And I don't want to get too technical because I'll screw it up, but there's a big story yesterday that thousands of airports could be potentially affected because, and maybe Dan's better to explain this, but there are these different frequency, um, different frequencies that all these services operate. And the frequency, the narrow band that the 5G network, when it rolls out, is going to occupy is also very similar to altimeters and the radio frequencies in airplanes. Why is that important? Because the altimeter, you know, sort of has a lot to do with telling the plane, you know, how high you are or how low you are. It basically is you need it in order to land big aircrafts at U.S. airports. So there's two things. Why it's, you know, less so in Canada. We've already taken steps to surround airports in Canada with a buffer zone where they're not going to allow these frequencies to come in. But also... In America, just like everything else, there are a lot more airports. There are a lot more big airports. There's a lot more small airports. In Canada, a lot of our smaller airports, there's a lot, there's a lot of space in between places to land in our countries, you can imagine. In the States, it's just dotted with, you know, if you look at a, a map of Florida, an aviation map of Florida, it's just little airport after airport. It's unbelievable. So that is going to affect, it could affect apparently half of the major airports in the states my response um yes what is it it sounds a bit like y2k to me like i can't believe the 5g network wasn't put together without that in mind like you know it it just seems like like it seems like a what how did we not think of that well apparently they did uh, because some of the airports uh, i don't know that it's y2k ish but I get it. You know, they, you think they would have thought of that, but mm-hmm. they wouldn't have maybe not have thought of the. Again, it's very technical. There's a there's a narrow area where these frequencies exist. And I say Dan would be able to explain. Right. it, But I'll just tell you that apparently 50 percent of the of the and they're anticipating it could be affect thousands of flights like we need more shit that affects air travel. Mm. Uh, but anyway, I just saw that story. And again, Canada won't be as affected because. Well, we don't have as many airports, and apparently they've already taken steps and and made you know allowances for this. Well, I would hope, like, yeah, like from the that's the first thing that strikes me from the very beginning. How could that not be thought of? But uh, let's see how she unfolds. Mm. Well, let's see how this unfolds. For many years, this man uh, entertained uh, millions of Canadians. He's put all that behind him. <laughs> that's. Mm-hmm. He's still in it. He's doing a little bit of a bit there. He uh, now is uh, turned inward and become more of a spiritual advisor. He is the the proud author of I Thought He Was Dead and, of course, host of Not That Kind of Rabbi. He's our kind of rabbi. It's Ralph Ben Mergis. Hello, Ralphie. 
I love the music, man. Like, uh, I've got my Tabruk over here, my Egyptian drum, if you'd like to just keep jamming it. <laughs> you, uh, are you a fan of Curb Your Enthusiasm? I'm sure you've seen it. You know, I, I, I actually started watching a little bit of it recently because I gave up on it years ago because I found it so profoundly cynical that I just thought, uh, okay, I get it. You know, it's kind of like Seinfeld on acid. Yeah. But, but I appreciate the fact that he's that good at it, but I, I just didn't, I just didn't want to be entertained that well, way. But the reason I ask is in a recent episode that was something about one, a rabbi or a cantor gave Larry a chauffeur, a chauffeur. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ram's horn. A ram's horn. And uh, he was blowing it or trying to blow it. And I was thinking, you know, I, it was one of those things that was around when I was a kid and I could never oh, yeah. get the sound to come out of it. Yeah, and, that, and that was part of the frustration of <laughs> Tequila. Tequila. It was part of the frustration of Larry trying to blow the chauffeur, which I also thought was, was a, mm-hmm. is a, a lifetime yeah. of Jews telling that joke. Oh, you blew the chauffeur, did you? Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. even know you guys were together. <laughs> That's right. Isn't he in the front seat? That's right. No, it was horrible. It was horrible. Anyway. <laughs> Often I hear when people talk about curb your enthusiasm, they say it puts a knot in their stomach. I've heard several people say that, and that's why they can't watch it. Yeah, you just feel like, really, are we this venal? Are we this awful? (laughs) You know, so I I don't, I don't think. Can can we spend a second on uh, Bob Saget? Yes, uh, we're going to get to that. I wanted to today, Ralph. We we've uh, decided that we want to talk to you as in your capacity as a aging and saging uh, rabbi, and we want to talk about this. The the idea of passing and some of the work. So let's start with some of the people. Betty White passed away, yeah. uh, Saget, Sidney Poitier, somebody else yeah. who died it's recently at 66. Um, it was yeah, after yeah. Saget. But anyway, w- what about Bob Saget? Well, so Bob, I always tell people how much he taught me about hosting and stand-up because he came up to to Yucks and... Uh, <laughs> You know, he was just another working comic who was trying to make it. And he'd won a Student Academy Award. I remember that. Uh, I think he went to university in Pennsylvania, but he won a Student Academy Award. Uh, very nice guy. But he had, so he had, he was the guy who didn't just take a song and change the lyrics to make it funny. He made up a nonsense song. Like he had a thing that he would do where he'd sing the song like, it really doesn't matter. And it doesn't really, and he'd go on like this for four minutes till the tension was unbearable. Was he ever going to stop? But he also taught me how to find people in the audience and make them into the characters you're going to use for the night. So a young couple were Barbie and Ken, and, and Ken had a snap-on crotch and things like that. Yeah. And there was a guy in the front who was the homosexual tension for the evening. So he would look at him and he'd go, what's your name? The guy would go, uh, Howard. I like you, Howard. <laughs> A lot. And by the end of the night, he could just look at the guy and the whole audience would go, a lot. Yeah. Right? And so he had these people he would hang his hat on so that no matter what, it was kind of bulletproof for the night. And so I learned so much about hosting. And instead of just hoping it's going to be a good night, have these anchors that you can always go back to. And it was brilliant. So we end up in Montreal where I opened for him. 
And uh, I was at that point when I was doing an act, it was all characters. It wasn't I wasn't talking about things with the audience. I was just doing characters because I come from acting. And then so I did my 20 minutes and then Bob did his 45. And then the guy, I can't remember the guy. Who was the guy who did all the entertainment writing in Montreal for the Gazette? I can't remember his name. Jewish guy. Michael Farber? No, another guy. Another guy. I, I, I can't remember his name. Anyway, he writes a, a, a review and we're at Barbie Barn. Saget and I are at Barbie Barn getting ribs or something. And we get the review and the guy likes me and he doesn't like Bob. Now, some comics would turn on you at that point, right? Just say, who the hell are you, a Canadian nothing? And he just said, he just put his arm over it for a second and just went, good review, man. And it was just like, this guy's like a mensch, like a total mensch. And in our business at the time, not a lot of total mensches. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. A lot of shark takes, but not a lot of that. So always had tons of respect for Saget as a guy who really knew how to do his craft and do it well. And when he was up here uh, in those days, he wasn't uh, doing a blue act. You know, that be- that came later after that documentary and stuff where it was really his trademark that he was the really sweet guy on TV and the really you know rude guy on stage. Yeah, really he dirty the, on stage. Yeah, he was the sweet guy. He, he wasn't the dirty guy at the time. But I really, uh, when I heard about him dying, I was, I was sad. But I also thought to myself, you know, if you're going to do it like you should be on a gig, you know, Finish the gig, go back, die. That's right. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's, it, that's die with your boots on. You know, so mm-hmm. I liked it for that. You know, you say uh, that 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 style of hosting. When I first met you, it was you were hosting. The very first time I saw you, you were the host of the show that night. And not a lot of guys like you and I that enjoyed that. I guess maybe it's part of our broadcast background, but I always got a lot of work early when I became a professional, meaning I had no other job than doing stand-up because I was willing to host. On the weeks I wasn't featuring or doing something else, I'd be willing to host because as a radio guy, background TV guy, I found it easy, easier than a lot of comedians. In fact, Fred, you'd be surprised. A lot of guys that do their 20 minutes or even people that headline, they're not comfortable just being sort of out here like we are now, mm-hmm. just having a conversation. Because when you're hosting, part of your job is to set up the night. That's why you're there. That's why, by the way, in the yucky yuck system, the person who gets paid the second most is the MC. Yeah. And the beauty of the MC part is you don't have to kill the first time you walk on stage. You can build through the night because yes. you're coming back yeah. and you're coming back again. And the other thing I loved about it, kind of the Buddhist part of it, was this can only happen tonight. Like whatever magic or chemistry is going to happen with you in the audience and, and the comics, is that's Thursday. Don't try to do that on Friday. Yeah. It was Thursday. And the the... The beauty of that was it was here and it was gone. And I never liked doing an act. I never liked trying to remember all the the bits in the right order and all. I just didn't like it. didn't It didn't appeal to me in the same way as getting out there and doing it with people uh, in a way that was never going to be done again. Like somebody would say something in the audience and you just have fun. That is interesting too because you know a lot of comics go up there. I mean, you need the laugh, you know. And if the laugh doesn't come, you're in a horrible. You know, frame yeah, but, of mind. But that's and if the you're thing. hosting, I mean, getting the laugh isn't as. Uh, it, it's just it's 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 not as you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, here. no. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, the thing is, it's it sort of happens. You know, and I and I this has happened mm-hmm. to me many times where I have been the 
respectfully the funniest thing on the show that night and people after have said to me wow you should do a, a you should do an act too because you're really funny i'm like well, <laughs> what did you think that was because mm-hmm. it's material presented in a con- in a way that seems right. sort of natural uh-huh. and then you but the, the cool thing is if you do well off the top what you get to do is come back and now, as Ralph said, you're building because they already like you and you yeah. get to come back and do more stuff. And I listen, I get it. If I emceed too many weeks in a row, it, it impacted my ability to do 40 minutes because you hadn't strung it in. You hadn't strung yeah. that together. But what I ended mm-hmm. up doing as an when I was doing my act is I, I would put some of that MC stuff in there because I was comfortable doing it. But it is interesting, Freddie, a lot of guys I've worked with that just are, they just won't MC. They don't want that, I guess, responsibility or the pressure. Oh, Lou Lou Dinos used to say, like, we go, Lou, like, wing it. It's Tuesday. Nobody's here. Uh And and you go, I'm an act. That's what I do. I'm an act. And it's like, okay, that's what you're comfortable with. But a guy like Mandel, was able to do both. He could yes. do the bit, but then he could play with the audience because he was quick-witted enough that he was hilarious. Well, right? I was going to say, I, and we're going to get to death here in a second, but let's talk about dying <laughs> on stage. I opened for Howie Mandel. Here's a Bob Saget tie-in. I opened for Howie with Lou Dinos and Dave Coulier from Full House. <laughs> and I'd never seen Howie do his act. And this is at a big theater, a couple thousand people. And I did like 10 minutes and then every guy went on. And then the next, the, the last hour the, after intermission was Howie. What he was amazing at was doing what you just said, anchoring somebody in the audience. At the oh, beginning, yeah. he'd say, how are you? And then he'd have a bit. And then how are you? Then he would call back 30 minutes later. Well, and he'd be doing a bit and go, as Ralph said, and people would go, oh my yeah. God. But I, after you see it a couple times, it's just, it's a technique. You know, yeah. he has those people in every show and he calls them back and you're just amazed by it. But he was, uh, he was very good at it. Um, Let's talk a little bit about this. Uh, Freddie and I have been watching Afterlife, and we've obviously been discussing people passing away and the nature of aging. And, you know, we had a conversation yesterday, just the two of us talking about, you know, I'm going to turn 62 next week, and he's going to be 65 if we all live to our natural conclusion. You know, we've somewhere around 20 years left. Let me start by saying to you, what is it about this time that we're living in and the culture we're in that people are so uncomfortable with the notion of mortality? Well, we're death phobic. We death is because there used to be in culture uh, a, a given in Western culture a given of afterlife that there was an afterlife, and that part of what you were doing here was about the afterlife, and it was sort of for a lot of people that became with the advent of science and rationale. Like, first of all, how would you know you've never been there? And secondly, why hold on to this notion that when you as a person die, that you're still a person somewhere else? You know, there's the physics of energy never dying. So the energy that's part of who we are and the impermanence of who we are uh, does carry on. But is it a spirit? I, you know, we don't know. So for a lot of people it became that, but we as a, as a society, don't want to know anything about death. It is the worst thing that could ever happen to anyone. And yet, you know, what's Dustin Hoffman's line on his tombstone? I knew this would happen, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> so that's, if it's the worst thing that could ever happen, who the hell would want to do it? So we never treat it as a passage. We never treat it as a part of living. And now, uh, with palliative care, we can actually skip the dying part and just be dead because if there's enough morphine in you you don't even know where you are anymore Mm -hmm. and then 
you're dead. And we can actually, if we have enough justification, make an appointment to die. I'm going to die on Friday at two. Family, please come. Mm. Right? And you die. So we we're trying to take the suffering out of it. And we're trying to take the journey out of it um, because we don't want to know about it. In other cultures, death is not treated that way. Here, you can't even tell people what age you are. You know, it's supposed to be this horrible secret that you're actually in the autumn of your life. You're in your 60s. Oh, really? You're telling people? Because the other thing you're signaling to people, and I just saw a tweet on this this morning, a woman saying she was pushed out of her job, took them three years to push her out because she was in her her late 50s now, and they wanted a 25-year-old. You can pay them half what you're paying the 53-year-old. So ageism is one of the last acceptable isms in our culture. 5% of characters on TV are are over 65 and those people are decrepit incontinent inappropriate <laughs> right they're awful they mm. stink you know uh, they're the punchline of a joke they're not the lead character in in the show but now is the boomer generation of actors kaminsky method you know we're starting to see people act as their age and deal with those issues because you've got a still a bulge of population that's going now that's me right mm-hmm and that age is getting older all the time, right? Sure. Like, That's the other thing. We die uh, more than once in life. Like, we're, if you can live to 82, right. I mean, you, you know, you've had two lives by then, right? People used to be dead at 50, mm-hmm. right? You know, Ralph, I was uh, telling Howard about my father-in-law. He was Seventh-day Adventist, and, you know, his whole existence was knowing that it's only going to get better after I die. Right. And the sad thing was... His biggest regret, he told me this two months before he died, his biggest regret is that he didn't show the rest of us the way. He should have done a better job on bringing us over to realize that there's an afterlife that's fantastic. There's going to be a horrible ending to this world, and I want to make sure that you guys are part of this afterlife that I'm Hmm. going to. This ascension to the uh, paradise. And it was sad, because he spent so much time well living worrying about when he was dead and being the type of person that go to wherever he thought he was going. And I, and I said to Howard, you know, I mean, I hope he's there. I mean, I pretty much know he's not, but it was just overall just a sad thing to me. Yeah. I mean, if, if your whole life is predicated on this isn't, this is the rehearsal the, the real thing happens yes. next, then, you know, I write about it and I thought he was dead. Just this whole idea that, uh, no, this isn't the rehearsal. This this is what you have in this incarnation of whatever you are. The rest is not up to us. It's it's unknowable. It's like in Judaism, God is unknowable. There, you can't. That's why there's no icons of God in a synagogue because you can't possibly know what is creating this insane mm-hmm. universal insane. Like it's just crazy what's going on when you see this the pictures from the stars. It's like really, if there's literally a, a, a trillion billion stars in this universe, then who are we to think that this is what life is really us? Right, and then right. we carry on. So there's a vanity to that, but there was also a comfort for people in that yeah. because life was very short. Right. You're talking about when people had these belief systems firmly in place that to be 47 was to be an old man. Yeah. Right. And now we never want to grow old. We spend even men, not just women, men are spending billions of dollars on hair dye and 
eye tucks and nobody wants to be old because uh, nobody says old and improved. I want to talk about the nature of, you know, you've done all these workshops, aging and saging. And, and I brought this up yesterday. I had spent some time over the holidays with uh, some people in their 80s. And I was sort of struck by the notion if if Fred and I at this age and, and your age, if we're having thoughts and contemplating mortality, when you talked, when you've done some counseling with people at the end of life in their late 70s and early 80s and. I said to Freddie yesterday, like, how is your whole day not occupied with, well, this will be my last time to watch the Masters? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, right. What? I, you know what? I think the people I like, one of my clients now is 84. And he is still completely curious about life. He is still cares about environmental things and uh, the environmental movement. He uh, takes online yoga classes. He engages with people because the the other side of that isn't well what's the point anymore i'm going to be dead it's savor this mm-hmm. enjoy this right and find a way to because the arrogance that we have is that did bob saget i mean when john mayer and that other guy went and got his car from lax did you that story no mm-hmm. it's a beautiful so john mayer and i can't remember the, the name of the comic they're really close friends with him Right. So he dies on the road at 66, thinking he's like just starting another career thing. He's dead. Well, he had his car at LAX because he had driven there and was going to pick it up and go home when it was over. So these guys decide they're going to go and get his car and they decide to record it. And it's really moving, right? Like they loved Bob Saget. That was the thing about Bob. Everybody who knew him well. Uh, who's been speaking about him, loved him. He was just the nicest guy, right? So they go to get his car and you realize our assumptions are that you have to wait. You know, I'll just put this off when I'm, if I make it to 75, I'll worry about 76. But we don't know how long the journey is. So just no matter what part of it you're on, you could be, you could die. So just put that in a corner and make it, bring value to the way you live your life now not fear but value right like what if you say goodbye to to someone you love in any day really make sure you say it you know I'll, i'll be i'll see you later i love you so that's that's the last thing you said to them. Not oh, okay. Anyway, I got to go. Bye. <laughs> Which is most of our lives, right? Right. And you exactly. don't listen, I, Howard. I'm sure you're the same way, and I am with my mother and father. My mother more though. Like just, I it goes through my mind. Why didn't I say this? Why didn't I say that? Why? Mm. I wish I'd have had this conversation. And and you, those things you just take for granted, you never get around to. And once they're gone, it, like it plays on me. Some days when I think of the things that I probably should have said to my mother. I know she would have loved hearing, too. Well, I have people write um, an oh, my God letter to the people they love, which Mm -hmm. is they find out you died. They go, oh, my God. Yes. And then they read the letter that you wrote to them that year Mm -hmm. to say, this is what I want to tell you. I want to tell you how much I love you. And like, 
Howard writes to his daughter, I mm-hmm. want to tell you how much I love and you. And Tiger. I would write to Tiger as well. <laughs> 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 and take, and uh, what you've taught me in my life and how much I value you. And then what ha- happens after you've written this thing is you actually start to talk that way to the people you love. Because mm-hmm. you realize, what am I waiting for? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. There's well, no deathbed movie scene. You know, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. That's a, such a great point. And, and, you're, and you're right, Fred. You know, like I've, I've talked to somebody recently and they were turning 50 and i said you know for me turning 40 was a non-event and turning 60 wasn't bad but turning 50 i think is tough for a lot of people the midlife crisis the cliche and all of it but one of the reasons i think that exists is because it's really the first time that you start to feel like there's an end to this thing i i think that's part of contemplating your mortality is what sends people into a midlife maybe not a crisis but certainly a midlife contemplation of a reckoning of things and maybe you start to also think of things as more precious as you get a little bit older yeah 50s when you can't pretend that this is going to go on forever yeah Mm -hmm. 30 it's just like this goes on forever clearly well (laughs) <laughs> I, I told you, you know, the big snow day. Never have I gone out with a snow shovel and thought about dying while I was shoveling the snow. Right. So often happens. But I turned 65 in July, and when I went out, this time I thought, I better watch what I'm doing. Because yeah. I always go for the gusto and keep doing it till it's done. So I did a bit and stopped and did a bit and stopped. I felt fine, but it was in my head now that, hey, I'm of an age where this could kill me. Yeah. And, and what a way I to feel go. the same way about <laughs> masturbation now, yeah, by the way. I didn't finish the driveway. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard that. I said, I feel the same way about masturbation. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> this might be my last time, so I better. I yeah. do a jo- it's funny. I do a joke in my act. put the candles on. <laughs> I do a a joke about how I have this. The premise is basically I just have this fear of like, you know, I'm doing one of these sessions and my I die. You know, I basically, you know, it's like that Carlin line. I come and go at the same time. But then my daughters discover me and the whole, you know, tableau is the computer and I'm laying there and they're like looking at my search history and llamas. I had no idea. Anyway, Ralph Ben Murray. Clear history. (laughs) And part of the one of the tags in the the thing is all men can, you know, hit delete uh, all delete or whatever with one hand uh ralph ben murgy <laughs> ralph ben murgy you are a beautiful man ralph's uh, book is called i thought he was dead a spiritual memoir and uh, of course the podcast that uh, i was so i thought of your podcast the other day and that my appearance on it uh, is called uh not that kind of rabbi but we were talking about my connection with golf as a spiritual pursuit Really, the only one I have, and not spiritual in any other way, I, I mean in terms officially, but I remember that, that conversation we had about how, you know, if you love anything the way I love golf, it can be like a religion. It can be because Ooh. of all the different aspects of it that I, I, get, mm-hmm. I get satisfaction out of it at a very deep level. And I know it sounds hokey, but it's true. I do. Yeah, but more people need that. Like, I envy that. Like, people that have, I mean, that's a hobby to you, I guess, whatever. Beyond people a hobby. People that are really into hobbies that just can actually totally detach themselves from the world for a few hours a day doing that thing. I don't have that. I wish I did. Yeah, but you know, the interesting thing when, when you talk about, like, I was talking to someone uh, doing some counseling, and, and their mother had been someone who cleaned people's houses. Mm-hmm. But she said, when my mother cleaned somebody's house, she cleaned it to a shine. And she and what she taught her daughter, who came with her once in a while, was dignity. 
if you're going to do something, have the dignity to do it well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that um, there's always the line that God is in the laundry. God mm-hmm. is not this, you know, Santa God floating above us. God is in the laundry. It's how you do your life. So God can be in a, in a, a nine iron, right? In just that mm-hmm. moment of saying, I, I think I know what I'm going to do here. Can I execute this? I am totally present. Mm-hmm. I do it. And the ball goes where I wanted. And I feel like I've accomplished something. I well, there's a resonance. About. It does. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. a resonance internally. You know, I'll say spiritually. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting you say God's in the laundry, but isn't? But the devil's in the details. How, what's the? Well, the difference is that if if you don't pay it, it's actually the same thing. Because if you don't pay attention to, to the detail of getting that that club doesn't have you know some sod on the bottom of it that the ball that you understand exactly where the ball is lying, how much grass is underneath it, how much strength you need. Those are the details. And if you don't pay attention to right. them, then the devil is is the, the shot that goes like, what? Why do, what? Where'd the ball go? Right? So it's all about, the. don't think that it's somewhere else in your life. It's in the moment you're living. It's the presence that you need to not regret the past and worry about the future, but to actually be here. You know, I have a couple of friends, unlikely friends, who have got into painting, and you talk to them about where they're at while they're painting. Mm-hmm. Again, makes me envious. Makes me think about that. Well, that's the drummer's joke. How do you know the platform's level? They're drooling out of both sides of their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, was, I was telling Fred, Rachel, my, my love's uh, father, gave me a joke book years ago, and I was looking at it yesterday, and of course it's filled with you know Jewish jokes. One of my favorite ones is that Henny Youngman, a Jewish guy, is uh, hurt. The paramedics run it, rush over, and they go, are you okay? He goes, I'm comfortable. <laughs> no, he's... <laughs> are you doing all right? Yeah, we're comfortable. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I'm comfortable. That's the, the line. I'm uncomfortable. Well, I'm com- we're comfortable. Uh, yeah. Ralph Ben Murgy, what a pleasure. What a uh, mitzvah to have you with us. Uh, I'll just say, uh, it's great to see you, but we do love you. Uh, we certainly value this friendship. I do. And look forward to your appearances uh, whenever we have a chance, my friend. Take care of yourselves, guys. Always a pleasure. All right. Thanks, and ha- and that, uh, even though it's uh, late, but happiest of New Year's. And uh, all the best to you and yours, my brother. You too. All right, Bye. pal. Thanks again. You know, Ralph referenced the Barbie barn. Yeah, I used to go there. Yeah, I, that, one of my one of my biggest restaurant disappointments yeah, ever was going to the Barbie barn. No, it no. really was. People talked about it, talked about it, and then finally I got to go to the Barbie barn, and uh, it. I think Swiss Chalet is better. To be well, I can't. I don't remember. I just remember going there when I, you know, I moved to Montreal. I'm like, oh, you got to go to Barbie Barn, Barbie Barn. Everyone in the radio station, Barbie Barn. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's not that good. No. Uh, you know, there was another. Was it Tony Romas? Was that a rib place? Yes. Yeah. I, I thought they were better. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, the Barbie yeah. Barn is one of those Montreal things. There are some, you know, oh, you got to go to Ben's. Well, you know, when Ben's existed, it was good. And Schwartz is the same thing. Right. Um, Listen, before we get to Dan Duran, maybe we could talk a little bit about uh, our good friends at the uh, Chamber Plan. Yes. Yes. Why don't we do that? Yes. Dan Duran will wait. Sure. Yes. It's Canada's number one one group benefits plan for small business. Uh, The official name, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, it... uh, 
you know, it's been around for 40 years, 30,000 Canadian small businesses, part of this. If you have a small business and uh, you've often wondered about the possibility of having a benefits package, go there today, chamberplan.ca. You can get a free quote. Uh, You know, they've done a fantastic job of holding premiums down, you know, over the past several years. But even during these tough times we've been through over the past couple of years, uh, whether it's uh, prescriptions or dental, uh, they have great travel insurance, as a matter of fact, cover COVID. Uh, they have therapies, uh, the teledoc system where you can get counseling uh, right from the comfort of your own home. You know how important that is nowadays. Again, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan for Small Business. Listen, it doesn't matter how big your business is. There is a plan for you, but you must investigate. Chamberplan.ca. I did a little investigation. I forgot to mention this to you. I was corresponding with our, uh, our agent because, you know, most people know by now our company... Uh, uses a chamber plan. That's how we got started. If you are a chamber plan member, that travel uh, medical insurance is still there with COVID. 180 days. Uh, that should give you some comfort if you're thinking of traveling somewhere and worrying about being hospitalized if you have the chamber plan. If you're planning to uh, up your cannabis game, of course, we recommend Canna Cabana. CannaCabana.com unbelievable and unbeatable prices. The lowest prices on cannabis guaranteed over 100 stores across the country. No hassle, no guessing, no better place to get your weed. And as I've discovered recently, what a knowledgeable staff. I was in the Parliament store on uh, Sunday and on uh, our buddy Andy's recommend, I got this stuff. Dan, I hope I have some by the time you're here next time because it's, you know what it reminded me, Dan? When we were younger, in the 80s when you would get like once in a while because most of the weeds sucked but once in a yeah. while you'd get some like Thai or Hawaiian or Jamaican and it had a different it was almost stickier remember that kind of you know it was kind of it was so good and so rich and, and, and fresh well this is what this weed white and the lightning is like it's got that sticky resiny feel oh yeah yeah and, you know, it does the job, Dan. It does the job. It does yes. the job. No, I, you know, because uh, in the day, I mean, you'd have to smoke a whole joint oh or uh, what do they call it in Jamaica, a trumpet, yeah. you know, like a huge thing to sort of get, get where you wanted to be. Oh, no, I, they, the yeah, joke in my act, I say, you know, we used to all have one joint and we, it was the size of a baguette and it's barely got you <laughs> high. You know, it was ridiculous. Anyway, if you're looking for the, the best weed, the lowest price is guaranteed. In fact, what these guys do at Canada Cabana, which is amazing, is they will actually match you know, if you find it somewhere else, they'll they'll if you can find it lower, they'll match it. You won't be able to, so just go right to canacabana.com. All right, Dan. Um, we're gonna take a break from Manscaped today. We'll come back with that tomorrow. So in the meantime, it's Dan time. Oh, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dandoran, the anchorman comes As for credentials, he has none Can't tell a headline from his bum But his voice is nice and low Dandoran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now with Humble and Fred News Lakeside, here's Dandoran Here's something they're doing in Switzerland that we here in the editorial department in the Dandoran newsroom think is a good idea. 
Switzerland has begun reporting COVID deaths among three different groups of people. The unvaccinated, the vaccinated who have not received a booster shot, and the vaccinated who have been boosted. Mm, and interesting. The, uh, it's a kind of a passive way of showing where you'll be at if you don't get vaccinated because the curves on the graph that I saw were just, just astonishing how... How much at risk you are if you if you do not get vaccinated? I think that's great. Actually, I thought of this the other day. Maybe Freddie and I were talking about it, but I wish they would also because I there I had that stat about basically from sixty plus. That's about sixty percent of people dying from COVID, whether you're vaccinated or not. It's just older people, and then in the eighty to seventy nine category, it's it's, um, it's massive. I wish they would do it not only by those categories, but by age group and mm-hmm. comorbidity. Yeah. Um, Well, Ontario started, which I agreed with uh, last week. You know, those in hospital with COVID because of COVID are those who came in for different reasons and tested positive. And people go, what's the difference? Well, it's important because those people in the hospital with the tested for other but had something else right. it's, it's just good to know that exclusively here's the covid problem i thought the same right? thing uh, you know it's yeah. funny when i was having my my pp troubles i thought well, mm-hmm. well if i have a kidney stone because i looked it right. up in the middle of the night so i go into the hospital with a kidney stone but maybe i i'm, I'm not going there for covid but i might be covid positive and here's the thing if covid didn't exist you'd still be in the hospital right. that's the point and uh yeah, I think that's a good way to go. Uh, you know that Glenn Beck, you know that asshole? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he's tested positive uh, for COVID, and he was on with that Mark Levine, another little sawed-off little fuckwad. Um, talking about all the stuff he's taking. He's not vaxxed. He won't get vaxxed. He won't get vaccinated, but then he starts talking about all the stuff he's taken. Oh no! I, the I heard hydrochloroquine the, and the and the ivermectin. So I'm saying, you know, and it's the, 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 that's the question. So you're willing to put all that shit into your body, but not have a simple vaccine? No, I, I heard. I heard well, him go to the end of the earth not to get the vaccine and do all these other things. I, he, his his phrase was, "Yeah, my doctors are throwing everything at it." Well, how about a fucking needle full of vaccine, you idiot? <laughs> I know. I'll throw that at it. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. He goes, "Yeah, my doctors are throwing everything at it." Well, they it, wouldn't like have it, to, you fat fuck if you were fucking vaccinated and who'd sit there and listen to that and actually buy in it's just it like it's there's people go yeah glenn yeah yeah glenn jesus christ well, and in that tenet. conversation in that conversation it's a given that the vaccine is the bad thing there right it just right. It, oh, somehow yeah. they, they skip over it and mm-hmm. well by that's the, way, the thing dan that it, it, it I, I heard that clip and it, it's mm-hmm. another example of you know, I, I'm going to send you guys both this article David, my older brother, sent me about sort of this mass cultural psychosis and why people, you know, buy into all this stuff. And it really mm-hmm. is, you know, it's very alarming that a whole culture can, some of them can be sucked into this stuff just because of the, of all of that, the Fox, the Trump, all of it. And when it becomes personal, when you know people, and we know of at least one, that still carries on with that, it's so disappointing because your your image of them your your opinion of them was at such a level and now it's like what are you talking about the guy that tweeted vaccines people are still getting covid that guy i know yeah yeah yeah. really i i I know it's anyway 
Dan Duran. Dan no, Duran has uh, more news. Well, before we get to oh, the next story. No, next just, story just, coming oh, up. Hold up, hold up. All right, next next story on the way. But first, uh, just to add to that, because I know you like numbers, yes, Howard. love them. And uh, to your point about, you know, a COVID risk, there's a now a, a COVID risk calculator that you can uh, jump onto. It's out of the UK, the University of Awkward, uh, Oxford. It's called... Q COVID risk calculator at qcovid.org. And you can plug in all of that, you know, what, what your age is, you know, what kind of uh, ethnicity you have, and, and all the uh, variables that they know makes a difference in the uh, COVID risk world. And Love you can that. come up with uh, your, your absolute risk. Mm-hmm. Did, so you, for did me, you come up with, yeah, what's your risk? The risk of catching and being admitted to a hospital with COVID 19 is one in 7,634. Mm-hmm. Did you do our risk? No. Oh, okay. It's about me. No, I just thought maybe for the purposes of the show. Well, no, but send me that calculator. I'd love that. And by the way, didn't didn't Fred and I both graduate from the University of Awkward? (laughs) 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 I'm pretty sure we have a PhD in there. Yeah, yeah. I'm a doctorate. I'm a doctor of awkward. Yeah. Uh, Howard's, uh, Howard loves numbers. In the last few days, he's been obsessed with number one. <laughs> I was going to say, my favorite number is 69 boyfriends. Well, no, send me that calculator. That's a, by the I way, that's, okay. that's a great it's thing. A, and what is it? 7,000. So if that means, oh, yeah. Well, I'd like to. I'd like to be a little wider than that, to be honest. Well, catch, uh, catching and dying from COVID for me is one in twenty-seven thousand seven hundred seventy-eight. Still not as wide as I'd like to see. <laughs> no, really. Where, where to be honest, right? Still pretty good, though. Yes, but I was hoping like one in seven hundred and twenty-seven thousand. Okay, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you plug in the wrong numbers and get the numbers you want? <laughs> I'm a six-year-old boy that lives alone. Is it a time for you to go have a piss? (laughs) You'll be like, I'm a six-year-old boy that lives alone in the woods. You're okay, Fred. You're one in one 700,000 unless you get fucked by a bear with COVID. (laughs) Anyway, Dan, do you want to do a second story or do you want to come back? I've got an idea. Why don't you come back after Niblet with the second half of the news? Sure. Oh, my God. It's just exciting. Let's do that. Yeah, hold people over. Yes. And maybe in the meantime, I can plug in some numbers for you. Yeah, plug in our numbers. When you come okay. back, do that. Why don't you come back and find out what our chances of dying of COVID are? Okay. I would really appreciate that. All right. Thank you, Dan Duran. Dan Duran's okay. news will be uh, continued in a few moments' time here on the podcast. In the meantime, we're going to talk to this angel of a man. You know, that's right. You know, when they talk in afterlife how there's no angels in heaven, but there are angels on earth. Well, we're ta- this is what we're, this is what they mean. A man oh, whose definitely. soul is so good, who only wants the best for others, doesn't care for himself. I mean, he cares when he shoots <laughs> ninety six, but other than that, he's cool. Hi, Timmy. Let's see what Tim's mic's up to today. Good morning, everybody. I didn't take the picture, but I took a mental picture. How about that? Fantastic. And I dressed up all fancy for you guys uh, today too. <laughs> I see that. By the way, before we get too jokey, jokey here, um. I, I, I saw, was it on Facebook that Lorna's got some uh, symptoms? Yeah, Lorna's tested positive for COVID. So we were out um, outside at a restaurant um, two Fridays ago with eight people, including us. Uh, a couple of the couples had just come back from up north and had kind of interacted with some COVID people. Tested negative. 
but in hindsight, it wasn't the smartest idea. So anyhow, we know six, uh, five of the eight have had it, Lorna being one of them. I tested Sunday, super slick operation, and it came back negative, although I have some of the symptoms super mild. So right. I, I, I kind of think I do have it because she does, yes. but I, I tested uh, negative. Well, I think that's possible because I'll tell you, Spencer, they got it. But for a couple of days uh, after Spencer tested negative and had all the symptoms, Timmy, and then a few days later tested positive. So I think nowadays they say you can assume if you've got some symptoms, chances are you've got it. But I, I hope it's mild for you. Yeah, no, it's, it's been super easy. I've had tons of worse colds certainly over the years. We all have. Yeah. Uh, it might help for crossing the border later to have had a positive test now. So I, I'll do a home one later today and then go get an official one if I do test uh, positive. Hey, uh, Fred's having trouble finding a place to uh, hang out in uh, February in Florida. I mean, is there room at your place or is in the... Is there, <laughs> yeah, he'd love that. Freddie coming. Absolutely. Actually, we've got some good uh, good specials in February, so uh, that would be great. <laughs> I mean, that's certainly right. there's somebody at the compound that's got a spare house or two. Come on. Oh, Listen, absolutely. It's so hot in Florida. You go online and you think, oh, 6000 a month, that's not bad. And then it's room in home. Wow. Just for a room. Like, it's wow. crazy. Yeah. Tim, uh, you were probably checking the day of the big snowstorm this week, Fred. Was that uh, the day you were looking? No. Yeah, all week long, yeah. Yeah. Um, let me talk. And after Fred, we should talk about there are alternatives to Florida that you can drive to that might be cheaper. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's some surrounding states that would have. Yeah, but are they warm enough? That's the problem. Well, they would have That's decent weather. Yeah. Um, Tim Niblett is a retirement Sherpa. has been hanging out with us for a long time. Always comes with uh, great information. Tim.niblett at RaymondJames.ca. And, you know, sometimes when people start talking about an insurance checkup, they start to the eyes glaze over and they'd rather talk about anything else. But it is something that we should all do. Take an inventory. Maybe you can walk us through it there, my friend. Yeah, you know, I, I, I get that it's it's not the first thing people get excited about when they wake up in the morning, or at least I hope for their sake it's not, right? <laughs> but, you know, we wouldn't drive a car without insurance. We wouldn't live in a house or an apartment or whatever without insurance. We wouldn't have a cottage. You get the drill. So uh, the reality of it is, you know, no matter how good, I, I guess here's the biggest thing to, to hang on. It doesn't matter how your portfolio is doing, doesn't matter how your investments are doing, if you're lucky enough to have a pension, how much your home equity is going up, if you get, you know, a critical illness, a disability, you pass away prematurely with improper insurance that undoes everything else you've worked so hard to create. Now, is this age specific at all? If if I'm a retired guy with a portfolio and uh, uh, collecting CPP, do I really need disability insurance? Because if I become disabled, I, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, absolutely right. It? I mean the the needs of solutions are different at every age or stage of life, depending right. on your resources. Um, probably the same with critical illness, Fred. Uh, although you know that could be something that. Um, it, it would be good to have it, although it's only available till a certain age. Uh, possibly at our advanced ages, uh, we'd be more likely to maybe want life insurance from an estate planning right. point of view. 
Uh, we might not need it from an income creation, um, but from an estate planning point of view. But, you know, if you think of somebody who's in their 40s, uh, the odds are probably higher that they're going to have a disability or a critical illness in the next mm-hmm decade then they would need life insurance yet the odds are pretty good you know super high percentage will have life insurance and a super low percentage will have disability or critical illness and that doesn't really run concurrent with the numbers right right good um, points what's the um, before i ask you about the five percent solution you know critical illness and disability but you know, those are things I, I i think as you were saying like it's sort of more important earlier then in your high earning years, is it not? Or is it just important all along the way, you think? Uh, probably more earlier uh, in, in general, of course. A cool thing about uh, critical illness insurance, uh, I think we're, again, of the age that you know who Dr. Christian Bernard is. Mm-hmm. I, I asked a client this the other day. They're in their 40s, I think. They didn't know. So he, he was a gentleman who performed the first successful heart right. surgery from South Africa decades ago. Well, his brother, I can't remember his name, Dr. Bernard, uh, created critical illness insurance because he realized one of the most important uh, detriments to people rehabbing, you know, successfully was money. Right. If they didn't Worrying have money, money. Uh, and had to go back to work earlier or couldn't set up the home properly or get the proper level of care, that made a bad situation a lot worse. So that's how critical illness insurance got uh, created. And it's one of the reasons they've had worse outcomes in a lot of ways through the pandemic in the States because of the lack of, of general health insurance. Forget critical illness, just being sick and not being able to leave your job because you can't pay your bills. Uh, before you go, though, what is the 5% solution? <laughs> it's not uh, Sherlock Holmes related. Uh, I, I might be guessing on the 5%, but but give or take. Our, our marketing department did a thing a few years ago that was super uh, cool. And so for most people to get the proper level of insurance and our disability, critical illness, whatever, you know, might be as little as, say, 5% of what you're putting away on a regular basis into RSPs, pensions, TFSAs, into savings, right? But if, heaven forbid, any of those things happened to you prematurely, and they do, unfortunately, to people, it's back to what I led with. The 95% doesn't really matter a heck of a lot if you haven't done that, right? So if you put the 95% in this scenario into your savings, 5% into your protection, well, if nothing happens, you're still more than fine. But you do mm-hmm. it the other way and something happens, might not be too pretty. Yeah. Just another reason to have a great conversation with this sweet man, Timothy Nibblesworth. Uh, Tim.nibblet at RaymondJames.ca. He is the retirement Sherpa, and he can uh, guide you not only through some of the ups and uh, the ins and outs of retirement, but also get you insured. Uh, just another you know piece of the puzzle. Timmy, look after yourself, man. And um, I promise I've been uh, as healthy as I can be. I've been feeling good. So, uh, yes, I will continue to. I promise. Good. And and if Fred needs a place, listen, you know a bunch of guys down there. They'd love to have Fred and Delise hang out with them for a month. Come on. How about oh, the yeah. Well, that would be like the lead in the newsletter for the month, I exactly. think, Exactly. How about the Gator Garage? Gator Garage might be a little cool, but it's oh. cool. So, I could, yeah. I could talk doll into that. Yeah, that's right. Gator yeah. Garage. There's a beer fridge in there. <laughs> so you can talk, doll. Yeah, doll, we're going to live in this guy's garage for a month. It'll be great. <laughs>
<laughs> Tim, can I have some food? Not now, doll. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll work on my uh, bark making uh, practices before I right uh, come down. All right, Timmy. Thanks, my brother. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Enjoy and profit. There he is, Tim Niblett, the uh, retirement Sherpa. Yeah, man. Uh, Dan Duran will be back here in a second. We'll find out how uh, long we will live, uh, what our chances of getting COVID are. Let's see what Dan has to say here. He sent me mine. I don't like it. Really? Yeah. Maybe it's my age. He hasn't sent me mine yet. I guess he's working on it. Maybe. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. The... uh, Maybe after Dan, I'll play the uh, press conference from one of the Oilers players. You might be interested in hearing it as an ex-sports guy. I thought of you because, you know, over the years when you were a kid, you had to cover some of these sports stars, and you came to the conclusion that some of them are assholes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mostly baseball players, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and rarely do you, rarely hockey players for a variety of reasons. And golfers, too. Golfers, bad, golfers rarely give great interviews. Some of them do, but they're, they're rarely pissy. And that's what's going to come up in this audio I'm going to play in a second. I found as a sportscaster, it was geared to income. It really was. The guys who were paid the most, like baseball players, were the worst at the time. Oh, yeah. And the best guys were CFL players. They of were course. just glad to be interviewed. They thought it was cool that they were being interviewed, you know, and they made the least. Well, and, and the great thing about a CFL player is you can interview them, uh, you know, as you're driving around in their Uber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, where's this guy? Okay. Uh, I'm not even sure who this player is. Oh, I think it. Leon. Drysati, Drysital, Drysital. Thank he, you. He he's arguably the second best player in the league. Well, you're going to hear what he thinks about being asked questions. You know, because no, the fuck, how dare you ask me questions, Dan? How come you didn't send me my death day? I did. I had to make up some uh, figures though, because I didn't know your height and weight. But where? So, uh, well, where is it? I haven't seen it yet. I sent a uh, texted it to you. I oh, you texted it. Phone. Yeah, you're doing texting now. Interesting. <clears throat> Would you rather I email? No, 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 it's fine. It's just, I didn't look down me. at my phone. Oh. By the way, that, that AT&T Verizon thing, I, I, I talked about it with Fred, and he thought it was like Y2K, but I said, you, Dan would know. I, there is an aviation aspect to that, um, more so in the States. Yes. Um, it says uh, AT&T and Verizon announced they're delaying acti- activating 5G on some towers. What they're trying to do is put a buffer zone around those airports. But the problem in the States is there's so many airports, it's hard to buffer everything. Um, well, they also didn't get their shit together down there. Because right. in Canada and many other countries that have rolled out uh, 5G, 5G isn't rolling out as fast here as it is in the States anyway. But uh, they in Canada, they uh, made the towers that uh, broadcast 5G point downward around airports. So that okay. there's no, so that the uh, the altimeter is the issue, and in the states there's only certain air uh, air frames or you know uh, jets that uh, the altimeter is cleared for 5G. They're slowly going through and trying to uh, you know get get each one of those altimeters yeah. uh, figured out for the process. And there's also uh, buffer zones around airports in Canada, which they didn't uh, do in the states. Well, they did. So, half the airports in the states won't be affected by this at all. From what I heard, 48% was the number I read yesterday. 
Right, and and part of that is that they haven't deployed it in parts of the states. Right. What about but, what about the Ramden Flying Club? Uh, are we okay? <laughs> I don't, yeah, want, but, I don't want any Cessna's falling on me. Mm. Well, the thing is, Brampton, yeah. you guys are still using car phones, so it won't be a, a problem, whatever that <laughs> network you're on. Hey, uh, I'm looking at what you sent me. So, it, so without using my height and weight... No, I guessed at it. Oh, Just I see. a little bit less than me. I, I no, I'm 5'11", uh, I weigh 188, so... Yeah, that's, uh, I, I had you at 6'. Okay, so so what's Fred? What is your risk of uh, dying here? Uh, okay, my risk of catching and being admitted to hospital is one in sixty eight hundred or oh, sixty nine hundred. I don't like that. Or one in seven thousand ninety two. There's two numbers there. I don't know. I'm the first time I've read it. Uh, risk of catching and dying from COVID one in twenty two thousand. Don't like that. Okay, risk mine of dying it, from Okay, go ahead. Risk of dying from COVID following a positive test is ooh, 1 in 438. Don't like that. We're all going to die. Mm. We're all going to die. <laughs> Fred's gonna like, die, wait yeah. a second. If I'm going to die, we're all going to die. I don't like that thing. Well, mine's I'm going to look at I look at it, you know, obviously more positively. Um, mine is uh, similar to yours, except, you know, the numbers about the, the big number for me was risk of catching and dying from COVID-19. The absolute risk is one in 27,000 absolute risk with no risk factors and fully vaccinated one in 30,000. Mm-hmm. Was age in the part of this, stand as well? Of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my age and uh, heart being problems. A prick, man. Dude, risk of my risk yeah. of dying from COVID following a positive test result one in six fifty one, but mm. f- but fully vaccinated one in six hundred and forty four. I don't like that, Dan. Why are you spreading well, such I, bad news? I, <laughs> anyway, go in and recalculate it. I'm going to recalculate until I get the number Q, I want. QCOVID.org this, is, this is, is a risk calculator. This is like that thing where you put all the stuff in and it gives you your death date. You know? Yeah. Well, I think no. this is a little more. Well, I suppose. No, so. I know. I know. Because I'm just, I'm just, you know, that yeah. thing that yeah. I've been, I've actually done that and been freaked out. Like, holy shit. Really? Wow. Mm, that's not. Mm. Yeah. Mine. I did mine. And it said Friday. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Dan Duran. Seconds. Part of the news. Dan Duran. News. Dan Duran. News. It's a lighter story. We covered this earlier. Uh, We uh, found out that the Baby Shark Dance music video set a uh, YouTube record at a billion. That was sometime last year. Uh, The uh, most watched video on YouTube at the record is now 10 billion. Last Thursday, Baby Shark Dance passed the 10 billion views threshold, which is ahead of uh, Despacito and also a Johnny Johnny Yes Papa at two and three, and they're in, they're nowhere near. They're in the sevens and six billion views. Right. You know, it's interesting. I, I read an article, or maybe it might have been the other day, about a, the highest earner on YouTube is a 10-year-old kid that... <laughs> really? ...that uh, does reviews of toys. Isn't uh, that so? Yeah, I, don't, I think it's $250 million a year. It could be, uh, the number could oh. be wrong. What? Yeah, but he wow. his his YouTube channel has you know hundreds of millions of views, 
and he's this kid and, and his parents started this a couple of years ago and just him innocently reviewing toys well now it's turned into a you know a complete you know whatever a business and his parents are hoping he doesn't grow up yeah. well on uh I think it was CP2, uh, CP24 yesterday. There was a kid down in the city, the East End, right. nine years old, and he was shoveling snow. And it just so happened that CTV went by and interviewed the kid about shoveling snow. And he was sort of a, a different child, like just the way, you know, he wasn't your average nine-year-old. But anyway, within one day, and then that was thrown up on social media, within one day, almost two million people have viewed this kid yeah. shoveling snow. And having a bit of an attitude with it, it he was, was crazy. Kid, the, the, kid, the video is cute. He's just at the ten, at the one point he goes, oh, "I'm always tired." <laughs> it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but I want It's interesting you bring that up. Bring up. By the way, that's what my dad used to call throwing up. Oh, did you bring up? Yeah, so yes. did we. I brought up. Oh yeah, I bring up. I bring right. up. <laughs> did you bring up? I brought up. So, Rachel. I was making dinner and she was sort of reading some stuff online and she asked me if I'd seen a story about Doug Ford. I said, yes. And then she asked me if I'd seen another story. And then she said, did you see the video of the kid? And I said, yeah. I've, mm-hmm. is, I said, isn't it interesting, I thought, that those all those stories we would have seen watching the news. A, a few mm-hmm. weeks mm-hmm. ago, you brought up something about you don't watch the news anymore. And I sort of mm-hmm. flippantly said, who watches the news? Because right. all the stories... That we the all, all all the video the kid the Rob Ford mm-hmm. all of that I got online not one not from I didn't watch one newscast yesterday but I well, got where online from a news Twitter online? mostly oh, Twitter okay. Fred like Twitter yeah. for me is like the yeah. daily news I saw the video from Rob Ford I saw the kid I saw the video of this hockey player that I'm about to play for you and I just thought it was interesting that we all saw that yesterday without ever right. listening to a newscast or watching one. Uh-huh. Do you do you get prompts on your phone from Twitter all the time? No, yeah, I so don't. I don't have off. notifications. I turned them off. Uh, I have to go spe- and find it. Speaking of the Twitter verse, uh, so I watched the Ray Donovan movie last night. Interesting, um, but John Voight's in it again. Great. Spoiler alert! You know he gets it in the end. Uh, so I told you. Anyway, um, <laughs> oh wait a second! I haven't seen it. A spoiler show. But I, I, then I started thinking about him, and I thought, you know, I I'm not on Twitter or anything, but I remember when I was going to John Voight, like he's a he's a he's a he's a whack job. So I Googled it, and then a bunch of his Twitter feeds came down, and he's still as crazy as ever. Like, yeah, it's all about God, America. It's still talking about Donald Trump, how much he loves him. He's our savior. These left wing, like it's crazy. And I'm thinking, you know, if I'm what's his name, Liam Shriver or yeah. whatever, Liam Shriver. Well, So when they're doing the movie and they show up the first day on the set, it's like, I guess you really have to detach yourself from that stuff. Like, this man's a big part of this series, and he's a great fucking actor, but man, he's a whack job. Maybe we just won't talk about it. (laughs) I can imagine. uh, You know, listen, who knows what life on a a set like that would be at that level. They might have it, whereas no one talks to John about his love of the fact that he he thinks Donald Trump is the fucking savior of mankind yeah, almost godly it's sickening. no no he does he thinks of donald yeah. trump as a as a saintly godly yeah. type yeah. <laughs> speaking of which i saw something on twitter yesterday and was a picture of a cartoon of jesus talking to some people and, and he's wearing a cross around his neck and this guy that i follow fucking hates religion which is why i follow him he goes why is jesus wearing a cross <laughs> <I was> like <laughs> it's just the weirdest cartoon like, yeah seems weird yeah. <laughs> you know it's like this thing where i'm 
you know. Yeah. I've been crucified on. <laughs> I've been crucified. Yeah. Peace. Um, <laughs> but uh, am I going to save me? <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, so you want to hear this? Yeah. Actually, so back to the idea that all our news comes from online sources and people that we follow. And of course, I follow Mark Hebsher one of our regular contributors, and, of course, the host of uh, Hebsey on Sports. When are you making your uh, Hebsey on Sports appearance? Oh, right, this week. Nice. Friday, yes. So mm-hmm. Mark does his show every Friday. I've done it. It's fantastic, and it's a great you know, deep dive, as the Boone Man would say, into some great sports stuff, and mm. Freddie will be on there. I'm sure we'll plug that again tomorrow. But So I, this is, again, how do you pronounce this guy's name? Leon? Leon Dreisaitl. Leon Dreisaitl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that his name? Yes. His seidel yes. is dry. Got into it. Why does he have a dry seidel? Maybe he should get some <laughs> moisturizer. <laughs> he uh, He's just being asked a question. Have a listen. Lots of reasons for why the owners are playing the way they are in terms of winning and losing. What do you think is the number one reason for the losses now? Is there is there one thing that you in your own mind you're saying, we got to get better at that? Yeah, we have, we have to get better at everything. Would you like to expand on that? No. Nope. You can do that. You know everything. Why are you so pissy, Leon? Hmm? Why are you so pissy? I'm not. I'm just great. Isn't that fucking great? Listen, it gets, oh, I, love I love that. Yeah, and by the way, the reporter is someone named Jim Matheson. I don't know him. I'm sure you do. Just answering your... Yeah, you are. Whenever I ask you a question. I gave you an answer. Not a very good one. Okay. Yeah. I have one more for you. Leon, you show your frustration on the ice last game against Ottawa. Is that a good thing when you show it so the other team knows you're frustrated? Yeah, it's a great thing, for sure. Good. Well, I don't know who this guy was before, but I don't care how good a hockey player is. When he watches that clip in 10 or 15 years, because that's not ever going away, he's going to be emb- he should be embarrassed. It's like, dude, you, 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 you handle us a puck for a living. Answer the guy's questions. The only problem for the reporter, the brotherhood, that'll spread through the brotherhood. And he may have trouble getting quotes going forward. Forward, But, I mean, that's his problem. But in this, sense, this situation, good on him. Like, because so often, you know, athletes, they want all the accolades and they want the stroke and when everything's going good. But when it's not, and the Oilers have literally fallen off a cliff. This is what you get. Yeah, he should be called on it. Was there a guy in the background or somebody uh, uh, trying to pull him away from you? Yeah, there was yeah. some, yeah. you know, at these conferences, Dan, as you know, like, there's somebody yeah. sort of m- not emceeing and moderating the conference. And I think that you hear in the background someone saying, well, ask him another question or something like that. Moving, that trying to move that, it That would have been the Oilers PR person. Right. Probably. Trying to move the, the situation along a bit. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And do you th- and do you think that that happens where they blacklist a, a reporter from? Oh, the, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, it's like anything else. It's like why, you know, it's why, you know, Trump wouldn't go on CNN or Obama wouldn't go on Fox. Yeah, but this is sports and yeah, you need the sports people it, to it, talk about it, your game, don't you? Yeah, you avoid the people that have the potential of asking you questions you don't want to answer. So that is that, interesting. Uh, that, that would be the situation with this guy now because it's appointed. Like, why are you so pissy? I love that. I know, but isn't that great? The fact that he said that now, there's going to be other players in the league going, oh, that, that guy's a dick, right? Yeah, He's or they'll not. be, yeah. yeah, you're right, the word will get out that this Jim Matheson guy, mm-hmm. you know, is is going to be... You may want to avoid him. Yeah, because he'll, he'll push some buttons, you know, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you were talking about you know how CNN is nowhere near what Fox is. CNN will have Republicans on to talk, but Fox will never have anyone on that would that would dare take uh, this type of attitude, like. Howard, I saw a half an hour the other day. And by the way, there's a list of wonderful things that Joe Biden has done. Make no mistake about it. It's the Democrats have a really tough time yeah. of getting the message out or forwarding, you know, the cause. Um, I saw a thing the other day on CNN. They spent about almost a half an hour being very critical of Joe Biden. You would have never, ever, 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 ever saw that on Fox News other than by Chris Wallace. And where's he now? Yeah, he got so frustrated he quit. Here's a little, I just love this first part, though. Lots of reasons for why the owners are playing the way they are in terms of winning and losing. What do you think is the number one reason Pretty good question. The losses now. Is there there one thing that you, in your own mind, you're saying, we got to get better at that? Yeah, we have have to get better at everything. Would you like to expand on that? No. You can do that. You know everything. Why are you so pissy, Lord? (laughs) <laughs> Why are you so pissy, you little shit? Is his name Jim Matheson? We should get Boone on it. Get him on the show and ask him, like, you know, going forward. What does he expect? Yeah, I'd like to know if he's worried yeah. about being blackballed. Yeah. Anyway, you can bring, this will be one of those things you sports guys can talk about on Hebsy on Sports. It'll be a Hebsy on Sports topic. Yeah, Leon, out of the gate, the Oilers, like, had the best record in the NHL. Dreisaitl, I think at one point, was like 11 goals ahead of everybody else in the league. And now, like, Austin Matthews has almost caught him, I think, as one goal behind. And the Leafs, it seems like, play one game every two weeks because of this, of of, of the COVID. I think Matthews, by the way, he scored, like, a goal in nine straight road games. Not bad. Yeah, but, but you're, not, I thought, you're not really keeping track of the Leafs until the first but, round of the playoffs. Well, you had, how do you not keep track of that? It's headlines. Everywhere. All right, all right. But anyway, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, Dreisaitl's all pissy because his team is, you know. And, and his site is dry. Mm-hmm. He's, He's pissy because the team has shit the bed. There you go. Piss and shit. And know? Fred, what do you think the number one reason <laughs> the Oilers are... <laughs> Fred, don't, why are you being pissy with Fred, Dan? How dare you? Well, oh, there you go. There's your show. Thanks, everybody. Uh, Ralph Ben Mergy, awesome as usual. Tomorrow, very interesting. Speaking of sports, a guy that we all grew up admiring, especially as broadcasters and just really one of the greats in Canadian sports broadcasting for the last 30, 40 years, Brian Williams. Will be our guest tomorrow for all you people that are like, how can you talk? How can you top this show? Hoobles? Hoobles and Fran? Is there an Olympics he didn't go to? I mean, in his career? Yeah, 1938. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. He boycotted the German Olympics, Dan. I, mean, I know I know your people were there. Dan, I know your people were there. How do you get, how do you wake up every day and just be German? How do you do that? It's ridiculous. You're Scottish in me, too. Whatever. You keep hanging on to that. It's an inner conflicts. Barely. Why don't you say goodbye for everyone, Dan? I'd love to. I don't know what I'm reading around. I read whatever you want. Put the manscaped. It's, you can put manscaped in there. It's fine. Okay. 
This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by GigSky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Health Gauge, Canna Cabana, GoDaddy, and our newest sponsor, Manscaped, making balls cleaner and more streamlined for that extra special new ball sheen. I'm Dan Duran, and balls, balls, balls. <laughs> Destination, a little up the road from the habitations and the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, or just clap your hands, or just clap.